Thank you very much, Karen, for ministering in music. <clears throat> if you look at the front of the bulletin, as we're reminded of who God is and how he desires to minister to us, he chose to love us. He chose to reach out to us. It's not because of the goodness within us and so on. It's because of his choice. Last Sunday, we discussed commissioning students, and there is an updated list on the table in the vestibule. We missed a few names, some parent names being missed also. If you're interested, you want to take that list as you pray for students and parents as they minister in their respective mission fields each week. I occasionally mention this, that as I minister God's word, as I pray for you and seek to minister to you throughout the week, that I do so out of a heart of love, a heart of deep concern. I love God, I love his word, I love you, and want to minister and respond in light of that. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for your word, the gospels that you have given to us, particularly the gospel of Mark. As we interact with it this morning, we want to be those who are hearers and doers of your word. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> I was to Red's last night. Boy, I can see Alan drooling already. And body pizza. So do I have a volunteer? Boy, all kinds. Zach. Open the box and you may devour what's in it. You may sit down, ask me later now, do something. You know, I took the pizza out and there's some hay in it. The Pharisees and teachers of the law look good on the outside, at least from a human perspective. They did all the right things, they had all kinds of traditions to do what they thought was keeping the entire Mosaic law. But Jesus, as he speaks to them, says, you're hypocrites. You know, you worship me in vain and so on. And as we look at Mark chapter 7 this morning, looking at verses 20 through 23, keep in mind the overview of the passage that the setting in verses 1 through 4 is the Pharisees and teachers of the law. They gather around Jesus and notice that Jesus' disciples do not wash before they eat. So the questions, or the Pharisees raise a question. Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? So they raise a question and Jesus responds. First of all, by quoting from Isaiah. He quotes from Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 13. And he says, and I won't read the entire passage, you're hypocrites. You honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. You worship me in vain. You've let go of the commands of God to hold to your traditions. And then he gives an example of a tradition in verses 9 through 13. 
he says, you say Corbin, and then you're relieved of honoring your mom and dad. You don't have to care for them in older age. In verses 14 through 16, he talks about that which is clean and that which is unclean. He says, nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it's what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. That resulted in a question by the disciples. You know, after he left the crowd and in her house, his disciples asked him about the parable. And Jesus responds. He says, are you so dull that you don't understand this? Don't you understand that what goes into a man is not what defiles him, it's what comes out. And in the process, he was declaring all foods clean. And then in verses 20 through 23, Jesus says, Mark 7, 20 through 23, he went on, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. Now please understand that the Pharisees were saying or thinking that we look fine on the outside. And Jesus says, but inside, you're hypocrites. You worship me in vain, and so on. And to drive that home, he says what he does in verses 20 through 23. Now let's go back to the book of Proverbs for just a moment. The book of Proverbs, chapter 4 and verse 23. Solomon, as he shares the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs, keep in mind, are short sayings that are generally true. And in verse 23 of Proverbs 4, above all else... Guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. Guard the inner person, because out of the heart come all kinds of things. It's the wellspring of life. What comes out of me is what's inside. Let's go to another passage. James chapter 1. Just some parallel passages to Mark chapter 7. James chapter 1 we find that apparently those to whom James was writing were being tempted to blame God when they were tempted to do wrong. And James corrects that in the context of dealing with temptation. James 1 and verse 13, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. And after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. When we are tempted, the issue is the evil desire within. That's what James is saying. Look at chapter 4 of James. James 4 and verse 1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? 
Why were these believers fighting among themselves? Because of the desires that battled within them. You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you can have, cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And then he says, you idolatrous people in verse 4. He's saying these people were being unfaithful to God. But what was the root issue? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? Jesus, back in Mark chapter 7, says it's what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. For out of the heart come all kinds of things. The world system addresses the outside. We as parents are prone to address the outside. Christianity tends to address the outside. Jesus goes to the inside. He goes to the heart. He goes to the attitudes, the desires, the motives, the thoughts. Until we admit and confront evil actions as coming from the heart, we continue in evil. Stop and think about how we live in our culture today and down through the ages, how we blame things for our evil actions rather than going to the heart. For family life, when we don't respond correctly in family life, what do we do? What's the way I was raised? My parents didn't train me correctly. Or we say, well, I learned about it on TV. That's how I learned to respond. Or it's the environment, you know, the environment has an impact on me. You know, I wouldn't be the way I am if it wasn't for the school system that I go to. I found it interesting this week, I think all of us probably know that there were some uprisings in various parts of the world and some of the U.S. embassies. And a lot was said about a movie that was made by a man, I think, in California. That movie would not have appealed to anyone to rise up and go to the American embassies in rebellion if there wasn't an inner desire. It's got to be an inner desire if there's going to be a response. It's like setting asparagus down before me and say, Pastor, enjoy the asparagus. There's no desire whatsoever to eat it. You can put cheese on it, and I love cheese. There's no desire to eat it. You can do whatever you want with it. There's no desire. Jesus says it's from within. I found it interesting, again, from modern-day Culture, New York City, is having an ordinance that you cannot buy certain size sodas, you know, beyond a certain size. They want to do it, fine, but it doesn't address the desire. We'll make an ordinance and maybe we'll keep people thinner, but it doesn't address the heart. I was amazed this week just in looking at the newspaper and reading and hearing a little news, how much was said about food. Shouldn't eat this and you can eat that and on and on, but there was no mention of the heart. Why do we want to eat what we eat? You know, that's getting to the heart. You can't tempt a car to commit immorality. There's no desire. Actions spring from desires within. 
A lure from the outside will be no temptation unless there's a desire within. Jesus says, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. And keep in mind, he's addressing religious people. So we want to look at some of these terminologies. And again, the world system parents and Christianity address the outside, but Jesus goes to the heart. He says, from within come evil thoughts. Evil thoughts or evil reasoning within oneself. Now, let's just try to make this practical. Have you had any evil thoughts about any political leaders in the last five or six years? Did you have evil reasoning about a political leader? Have you had any re evil reasoning, if you're still living at home, about your parents? Oh, mom and dad never listen. Why do I have to, you know, just going through your mind? Have you had any evil reasonings or thoughts about your boss? Or a coworker? So that's what we're talking about. Evil reasonings. Where do they come from? He says, from inside. There's something inside of us that wants to have evil thoughts and reason in an evil way. He also says, for from within out of men's hearts come evil thoughts and sexual immorality. Any sexual relationship and thought, you know, seeing action which is outside of a one man, one woman relationship as given in Genesis 2 and verse 24. Now stop and think about that. Sexual immorality. Very, very prevalent in our culture. But if there's sexual immorality in thought, where did it come from? An evil desire within us. How much immorality is viewed and heard by our world today, even by professing believers? Why do we even desire to watch something that is not correct? So you're going to watch a movie, and immorality is presented in the movie, maybe not explicitly, but it's there. Why do you even desire to watch that movie? Because of an evil desire within. You get on the Internet, and you pull up on the Internet things that are not correct within, you know, God's standard of morality. Why do we even do that? Because there's an evil desire. Otherwise, we wouldn't even want to pull it up. Jesus says, from within... Out of the heart now come these things. So the issue is addressing the heart. I don't know if you guys or you ladies ever heard trash talk by other men or women or other guys or gals. You know, trash talk about the opposite sex in an ungodly way. It's amazing how many people will stand and listen to that. Why? Evil desire that comes from within. There's no desire, there would be no listening. See, it comes from the heart. He says also, 
coming from within is the whole issue of theft. You know, taking something that doesn't belong to you. Cheating on a test. Let's say to the teacher, this isn't really my answer, but I'm portraying it as being my answer. You walk in a store and, you know, you pick something up and slip it in your pocket. No buzzers go off as you go out and you think, oh, I'm safe. No, that's stealing. You know, taking something that's not your own. Then he talks about murder. Taking the life of another person. I want us to stop and think about murder for a minute. How much violence is on television that portrays murder? Why would we even desire to watch it if it is contrary to what God designed? Because of evil desires. Some of you will get on the computer, <clears throat> maybe not even the computer, you know, a little thing you hold in your hand and you'll play a game. And what are you doing? Killing. Maybe you say it's just a game, just killing. But it's still coming from within. Years ago, we first got our computer, and there were some games on it. Ruthanna shared this a couple of times, so I'll share it. Any of you know what Pac-Man is? You know, this guy goes around eating others. And uh, I played a little, and one day I came up to the house, and Ruthanna said, ah, that game, and she was referring to Pac-Man. She actually sat there and played for a while and got sweaty and, oh, you know, because she was trying to. Now, you say, that's just a game. But what if I play a game where I'm actually killing someone that is portrayed as another being? See, that affects how we view life. Why would I even want to kill someone in a game? You know, what's in my heart that, you know, I would want to do that? You say it's not actually killing a person. I'm just, you know, again, stop and think about the world in which we live. And he says it comes from within the heart. How many of you would love to grab some people by the neck and strangle them? You know, they've done something terrible. Well, maybe they deserve to be disciplined or punished, but the government has to take care of that. Jesus says it comes from within. He says also coming out of men's hearts are not only evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, but also adultery, pursuing a man or woman sexually in thought or action beyond one's spouse. Now, just to really understand where we live, divorce is an issue in our country. I mean, it's been an issue down through the ages. In Malachi, as Malachi spoke to the nation of Judah, he brought up that issue. But what many times is involved with divorce? another man or woman 
Not always, but many times. So you become uninterested in your current mate. Jesus says, the desire to even be involved with someone outside of marriage comes from within. You say, this woman was really nice in the job and she just kind of lured me, or this man was really nice in the job and treated me well and just kind of lured me. They didn't lure you, you had a desire. If there's no desire, Jesus says, from within comes these items. Another one that he lists is greed, an appetite for what belongs to others and a desire for more. You know, just the bottom line of lack of contentment. Now you can go up to Wilkesbury and you will find there that there is a place called Mohegan Sun. And you can go into Mohegan Sun and you can play the lottery. Or you can go to many local stores and buy some lottery tickets. Have you ever stopped to consider that at the root of lottery is a desire for greed? You want something that isn't yours. It comes from within. So I win the lottery and I win 50 million. I say, I can really do a lot in the world today. But at the root is greed. I want something that really isn't mine. Now stop and think about greed. And I'm talking about my own heart and I want you to think about your own heart. Consider with me some areas of life. Are we really content? Or do we have to have new and better? When it comes to technology, do you always have to have the newest technology? You just can't be content unless you have it. I'm not saying it's wrong. That's not my point. I'm talking you have to have it. Or how about a vehicle? Got to have it. Got to have a new one. I'm not saying a new vehicle is wrong. I'm talking about the heart. Got to have it. Clothing. Boy, new style came out. I got to have it. How about furniture? Oh, some nice furniture. I was in the store and I saw it. Got to have it. Got a better paying job. Just got to have a higher wage. Always got to have a better job, you know, that pays more. How about toys? It may be a four-wheeler. It might be a bike. <clears throat> you know, I'm talking to big toys. Just got to have it. Got to have another one or a new one. I'm not saying they're wrong. But coming from within... How about just keeping up to others? You know, you just aren't quite up. Greed, where does it come from within? Question, will you increase what you give to the Lord rather than buying new or another? You want another car, a computer, a game, or an iPad? You take the cost of the item and give it to the Lord and keep using what you have. You know, just to deal with the heart desire. And again, I'm not saying something new is wrong. Why do we have to always want more? Because it comes from within. 
for years I would go into a bookstore and I would see this book I wanted, I wanted that book and I wanted the next book. Greed. Nothing wrong with the books. But I thought if I have it, I'll be content. I'd buy it and I'd still say, well, I want this one now. And I'd buy that. And then what do I do? I want another one. Greed. Evil desires within. And finally, it dawned on me that I have an idol. I worship books. So to help that be driven home to me, one year I said, I will not buy any books this year. None. I will not buy any books. Now, I had to deal with the idol within. I didn't buy books. I bought one or two that were directly related to something I was preaching or teaching on. And by the end of that year, I can walk into a bookstore now and say, there's tons of books in here I'd like to have, but I don't have to have them. I flipped through. The book catalog came from C, Christian book distributors. I thought, oh, there's some books. I wouldn't mind having that. I wouldn't mind having this. I didn't buy any of them. See, the desire had to be addressed. And that's what Jesus is saying. No deal with the inner person. And he lists some other items, which we'll touch on next week. Malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. What is Jesus' point? He's speaking to religious leaders who look good in the outside. The box in the outside look good. Inside their hearts were evil. And Jesus says, you know, your hearts are rotten. You're hypocrites. You worship me in vain. You got to address the inside. Because it's from the inside is where these things come from. Beloved, Christ is the only one that can deal with the inside. Through the cross. Christ can break the power of sin within the heart. In Romans 6, writing to believers, Paul says that you have died with Christ. You don't have to live according to the desires. In Ephesians chapter 3, 20 and, one, or 20 and 21, he talks about the fact that the power that is at work within us is beyond what we can ask or imagine. And that deals with the desires. The other morning I turned on the computer. I was going to check my email. And underneath, there's probably eight or nine little pictures that show up in the news, you know. You know, what, what's happening in the world. It depends on the day as to what they are. Then you can click and, you know, seven or eight or nine more will pop up. And occasionally, well, not very occasionally, very often, they have something about some female celebrity. You know, just in a little tiny box. And I know if I click on it, you know, something bigger will come up, and it might be somewhat appropriate, and then you can read about it. And I'm being minor when I say what comes up on the screen, okay? I mean, what do I do with that? Through Christ, we don't have to click on them. He deals with the inner 
evil heart. We become new creatures in Christ. I'm not saying we're never tempted, but we can go back to who we are in Christ. That's where the rubber meets the road. So you're standing in J.C. Penney's, I guess J.C.P. now. You're standing in J.C.P. You're looking at those clothing. You think, I got to have it. It's not a need. I got to have it. It's not wrong to have. You think, you know, I died with Christ. If I buy it, fine. If I don't buy it, fine. But I don't have to have it to be content. So it's dealing with the heart. Maybe you go back two weeks later and buy it because you don't have to have it then. You can buy it and enjoy it rather than it controlling you. So my question is, have you come to Christ? He's the one who deals with the heart. And if you have come to Christ, are you living in light of who he is? As we close our service, we want to take our hymnals and turn to him 400. <laughs>